1: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: The Treehouse, episode 50, our 1000th show. With Danny Baker and me, Louise Pepper.
1: Look at that, one thousand shows there, Peps, and uh, congratulations to the audience for sticking with us, and, and for those who are still ploughing their way through the early episodes. Uh, it'll fly by. One thousand shows, you can get, you can do it in a month. You could do it in a month. Welcome, everybody. Here we go again with another two hours of fun for old and young without the slightest hint of vulgarity. And it's a, a red-letter day in many, many ways. Perhaps I understand Um, uh, your parents have been m- married for a, a thousand... No, not a thousand years, but their, 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 <laughs> their anniversary, am I right?
0: My dad is nodding sagely, going, it, it feels like a thousand no. years. No. Uh, yeah, it's, not, it's my parents' golden wedding anniversary today. Is and, of it? course, all, all plans off because of coronavirus and the shocking weather. Mm. So We've had two murky days, the shocking weather. It's been like the
1: Sahara for the previous 10 weeks. Shocking well, that, that
0: adds to it. Yeah, so we allowed so. to go and sit in their garden, but we'd have to, you know, wear sou'westers. So, um, but yes, 50, 50 D-Day, uh, indeed. Well, um, well, and I I actually, remember. my parents' wedding is the only reason my mum has been on the radio, was to talk to you, because for my parents' wedding, my nan dyed her gloves to match her green outfit, yes. a costume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some point during either the ceremony or afterwards, she went to take them off and discovered she had dyed her hands bright green. Yeah. <laughs> hot day, she'd sweated into them. She had kermit hands yeah. and had to leave the gloves on for the entire day. It, it, it doesn't happen as well, much as it used Nana. to.
1: Um, uh, jeans used to do that a lot. If you go out in oh, the jeans, in yes. the rain. you come home, there's the old blue legs, and you look down, okay. <laughs> uh, I, I, I found it not unamusing. I used to like that. Except my mum used to say, we'll have a bath for I'm not having that all over the sheets I didn't like doing that but look we, we are not a show that just prattles and rambles Leaves a gap there for all of to take sharp intake of breath. Well, honestly, uh, I just wanted to uh, pay tribute there to 50 years. Wendy and I are only 10 years behind that. Uh, but I'll get through this. I'll get through, Yeah, no. Is we'll, that we'll get... your
0: ruby? Are you ruby this year?
1: No idea. I've no idea. Uh, I think there's only really the 25 and 50. Everything was a racket I and mean, it paper and cork or whatever they are. Uh, but welcome everybody. And uh, uh, what we always do in the beginning is, of course, uh, shine a torch into the so more shadowy parts of on this day that the mainstream media the mainstream media uh, tend to overlook uh, it's quite a big um, thing for uh, Benjamin Franklin so Benjamin Franklin you know Benjamin Franklin right he's mm. the founding father of America and all the pushing of Benjamin Franklin why am I asking you that but Benjamin Franklin uh, see here's what happens uh, I looked up oh okay Benjamin Franklin and immediately I'm distracting from the core subject by finding out his dad, Benjamin Franklin's dad, who's English, uh, was a chandler. He was a candle maker. Ah! Now, I know people think, hello, we're going to go to Amazon to get some candle reviews. We're not. I refuse to be that predictable. But his dad was a candle maker. And in them days, in the 18th century, candle makers went door to door. <laughs> not selling candles, but if you uh, any fat you may have uh, saved... They would make a candle there and then for you. Whoa. Bring it, bring out your fat. You bring Whoa. out your fat. They would add a little uh, a wick to it. But that's what people did. Oh, don't chuck that fat away! Don't, don't. don't, That's a nice candle. That is, and you know, Benjamin Franklin's. But they're not like
0: dripping. I mean, in some some ways, that would be.
1: Well, uh, we've sort of come full circle because I must confess I did uh, look at candles on Amazon, uh, but there's there's, there's hundreds and hundreds Mm. of pages on. You can imagine. But I did notice uh, down uh, in the lower end of it, you can now buy edible wax candles. Now, why would you want? An edible wax candle. (laughs) You you go to someone's house, see you know, uh, lit like a sting video, and then look around at them and say, "Oh, you eating that candle? You finish with it?" And then just pick it up, edible. Candles.
0: Maybe like a kind of sort of...
1: other, a, everyone.
0: A fondue arrangement? Would you dip into is, the... They're on there.
1: Edible candles. But they're, 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 they're coming a long way now from uh, Benjamin Franklin's father knocking on the door and saying, "Bring you know, bring out your fat. Uh, but uh, uh, the problem is always the wick, and they couldn't get that going for ages. Uh, and the phrase gets on my wick. You Don't even know that anymore. Mm. It gets on your wick. Uh, but the, here's the thing with the candles, Peps, and the other yeah, week I thought that that was to do with candles. Sorry, Gary. you get on me wick. I suppose so. One mm. suppose so. Uh, uh, but, but the other week we were talking about the candle snuffers, and mm. that's when we examined eBay. But the um, uh, the, the, the little wick uh, when you do blow a candle out. Yeah. So they've not yet mastered that have they because you go back the next day and it's underneath underneath
0: oh when melted it's melted
1: wax, and it's gone hard to wet and you
0: have to dig it out and then it won't light uh, so Benjamin Franklin L- those got a little fairy light ones or whatever you call them the tea, the tea lights, sorry yeah. They're yeah. the ones that they never get to more than halfway down.
1: And then there's are sunk the, and the wick's in their own mire. It, yeah. they're, they're sunk in their own mire. But uh, uh, looking at Benjamin Franklin, uh, he invented loads of things. Bifocals, Benjamin Franklin. Uh, the Franklin stove. The Franklin flexible urinary catheter, if you don't mind. I'm sorry about that. I know. Uh, but also the glass harmonica. The glass harmonica. Now, um, it's a huge... You know, when you see. You don't see them anymore because uh, the, the world's turned in a, a weird direction. But quite often, you might see people on underground stations. Not on underground stations. Uh, uh, in fact, you never, ever have saw them, how more I think about it, but people playing wine glasses.
0: Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, uh, normally you, on a sort of a talent show on telly. That's it, that's where, what where I When mean. you
1: normally saw them. Underground talent shows. <laughs> uh, so, uh, can you do that with the wine glass?
0: Mm. No, I think, I because think, I only buy cheap IKEA ones, but I, I, oh. I think I have been... I think you have to have proper glass, don't you? I think I have been to a dinner party. Uh-huh. <laughs> no middle class. Uh-huh. Where everyone started
1: doing that? Well, that's. I was going to say, in a restaurant, when the meal's over and you're, you're, you're nicely alight, there's only two things to do. One is take those uh, uh, amaretto biscuit wrappers and make them fly up into the air by lighting that's... them. That's oh. a great thing to do. <laughs> and the other thing is to try and play the wine glass. Uh, and Benjamin Franklin saw this, and uh, uh, he, he, he immediately made the glass harmonica, which is like loads of wine glasses stuffed together, and then you play them. Uh, here's oh, a li- I was picturing it like a, a mouthful. No, no, it's, nothing it's actually, if I might for a second, it's actually harmonica, which is uh, uh, based on the Italian word for harmony. But there you go. But here, if, if, if the magic of editing allows, here is, they sound very ethereal, and you'll know the sound when you hear it, so it should come up now. So that's what they sound like. But oh. uh, the, the, the thing about Benjamin Franklin, what's the other thing we know about Benjamin Franklin, uh, perhaps? And we we'll start the show, I promise you, right on the other side of this. Uh, what would we know about him? The
0: Franklin Mint? Is that anything to do
1: with No, that's... Uh, no, nothing to do with the Franklin course. Mint? No, I don't. Although, you say Franklin Mint. I'm so sorry, everyone. We are going to get right down to this any second. Uh... uh polo <laughs> this is I'm afraid this is how the mind works uh, the polo club was formed in New York City one of the things I wrote down the polo club not the mint the game which nobody understands do you know what polo is I mean you see, you know what it is horse is
0: yeah. croquet isn't
1: it but, but, more or less isn't it just charging around hitting the ball you know, apparently there's rules to it and there's a plan to it but anyway uh, but the polo club founded today in 1890 and immediately I, I, I looked it up but it's so complicated polo mm. it's the biggest pitch in the world but polo mints not now we're talking, ain't we? Pol- they were called Polo Mints because they were originally named, or going to be named Polar. Like ice and cold, oh, of
0: course, yeah. And they
1: became polo. They nicked it off of them um, lifesavers in America, uh, and and polos have been, uh, uh, they've been butterscotch over the years. Don't like those fruit flavour ones. I remember the. Fr- I don't even. I
0: remember it. the lemon mint ones. Yeah. Was there? Yes, when I was at university.
1: Mini ones. They did little tiny ones for a while. Oh, they did little tiny ones, and they always come in that very tightly wrapped uh, aluminium, uh, and twenty-three a pack. I remember that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, for me they're the number one breath mint because that's what they were done for number one uh, well over mintos or dentine or tic tacs don't talk to me about them anyway where were we Victory V. No, no, sorry.
0: Franklin. The no. one other thing about Franklin, which clearly he flew I flew a
1: know. kite to test. Ah, uh, 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 didn't he? Okay. He flew yes. a kite into a thunderstorm. Yes. <laughs> which became a staple of all don't cartoons. Do this at home. All cartoons always have Benjamin Franklin flying his kite, and then it's hit by lightning. And uh, as we know, when you're hit by lightning in a cartoon, you go to a skeleton, then back again, then skeleton, then back again, then skeleton, then back again. Uh, but he did that. He, t- he put a, a, a key on a kite. And he uh, drew sparks from the storm, Uh, if you you know what I mean. He actually he put them in a he had a a, a jar at the bottom by the key
0: and watched little tiny little little tiny lightning bolts.
1: But the the, the, the thing is, nobody knows why. It's a tremendous act. It's a great act. You've got to wait for a thunderstorm. But it, nobody nobody knows quite why he did it. But what a racket. And
0: here we go, everyone. What are we doing today, peps? We are doing... Uh, have you ever lived out a film scene or song lyric? Got some great ones on there. Lying about injuries, mm-hmm. and how did you find out your parents weren't millionaires? No. and no. every other topic that's still rolling.
1: <laughs> uh, did you, uh, every year, there are thousands of them. Here we are on the thousandth show. We just thought we just move on there, peps. Uh, these things like Victory V's and Fisherman Friends, hmm. Just, just revolting. Am I right? absolutely yes. revolting. Yes, they are absolutely revolting. Anyone who's dad
0: says- used to have a pack of tin imps.
1: Oh, imps. No, imps, imps is all right. Them tiny, tiny little... Oh, no! A tiny,
0: oh, tiny oh. little... He, he used literous, to have them for choir. Tiny and they, they come would open a his throat
1: up. I like things that yes, come in. it's a little slidey tin. Oh, a little slidey tin. No, but your fisherman friend and your Victory V. I think there's not a member of the listening audience now who says, oh, I, I like a Victory V. Just <laughs> disgusting. And, and, and I'm happy to report, I looked these up once, it says on the... Uh, uh, their information site. It says Victory V no longer contain chloroform. No longer contain chloroform. <laughs> they were knockout drops or something like it. Yeah, uh, they sound more tempting but they, uh, they're an acquired taste but don't talk to me about Fisherman Friends and Victory V. Give me something from over there Peps Let's get the show rolling.
0: Well let's go from um, Benjamin Franklin and his kite to fireworks. Mm. So this mm. is oh. um, Great Perks of Your Parents' Jobs. My dad, Ron Rapley, had fantastic jobs over the years that we benefited from every year. When I was a boy in the 80s, we moved from London to the remote peak district town of Buxton, where my dad changed role from working at the Woolwich Arsenal to the mines research part of the MOD. The what? The Mines Research. Like like, like, like mining or or like explosive mines? Explosives. His role was in commercial explosives and testing any and all potentially harmful explosive materials that came into the country. Mm. Wide range of things he would have to test all year round. Bullets, shotgun cartridges. And of particular interest to a pre boy... Caps for toy guns and an endless supply of snap bangs that were ideal for sneakily putting under the leg of a teacher's chair. What is a snap bang? They were the the ones wrapped in paper. Yes, I haven't thought about those
1: for a very long while. just threw down. and They gave a a minor but very pleasing bang. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'll look those up once we
0: finish this. I digress. My dad ended up as the research and development director of British Standard Fireworks, now Black Cat, which meant we had fireworks all year round. Mm -hmm. Every family occasion, wedding, birthday, anniversary, fireworks to set off. And now the crux of the story, bonfire night. Mm -hmm. Dad would bring home bountiful supplies of fireworks, but not just any fireworks, next year's prototypes. Oh, Every year he'd let them off in the back garden and we would have to give feedback on colour, size, noise and smile factor of every <laughs> firework so he could take him back to work. However, we also had a nearby neighbour about a third of a mile up the road who every year bought enough fireworks to thrill a small country to try and outdo my dad's. <laughs> He'd never met my dad, but clearly spent huge sums of cash buying fireworks to the family to try and outdo them. Every November the 5th, my dad would rub his hands a la Del Boy and state, well, I hope he tries to beat me again because it's more profit for us. (laughs) He never, ever did. By the way... He also ended up as Rocket Ron presenting a first virtual radio fireworks show for Terry for Terry Wogan. Oh, that's brilliant! Well, of course, you know, Love Alan,
1: we are we are you know we, we are few. We Happy Band on Radio know that fireworks is tremendous. the only one. A few times I've ever lost control on the radio and started giving them because it's uh, as usual these. Slight subjects require tremendous gravity, uh, but um, uh, somebody asked me on the radio what is the perfect accompaniment to red wine, and I remember saying fireworks, and it hit me as such an absurd thing that I, I don't say self-regarding nonsense, but I went entirely. And even when you mentioned fireworks, then I thought, ah, the perfect accompaniment <laughs> to red wine, <laughs> and that's how they remain. Uh, this is uh, I'll go through a couple of three that have been on, on the. Uh, here for quite a while this is um i remember uh, extraordinary reasons you were given the name and sarah's in touch and said my dad was born in willersley castle in cromford derbyshire 1941 it was the maternity hospital in world war ii as a result my dad's middle name is willersley and my brother's middle name is willersley and his son's middle name is Willersley I went back there a few years ago uh, to look at their records and we were able to go into the room that he was born in isn't that oh. something going into the room your dad was born in that that's a beautiful thing as opposed to going into the room your dad was conceived in uh, uh, so there's that and there's a tremendous one about um, made up illnesses this is from Anne and Anne says my dad used to call any ailment the Ippery Pip <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter with you? You've got the pip. And as I remember, the cure for any ippery pip was Lucasade and Heinz cream of chicken soup. Yes, that is a problem. <laughs> There's that, that, that probably some sense in that. Something from over there,
0: perhaps. Uh, this is from Clive in West Wickham. The world's dullest job and possibly breaking things in a shop. Huh. Ahoy, ahoy. I think I can possibly cover two topics at a stretch with this. Back in the 70s and at the tender age of 15 my first Saturday job was at a record shop in Oxford Street Now I'm not going to name it and then we'll see if you can name it I can name it already It was a large basement store with a little stand outside on the street with record sleeves to show what was on sale down the dingy-looking staircase. Mm -hmm. This is the reason he said be careful around owning it, naming it. Maybe we will at the end. The shop was owned by an intimidating father and son who argued like cat and dog most of the day. And on one occasion turning up for work, we were handed a length of four by two and told if some blokes come piling down the stairs hit them with this which (laughs) as a skinny 15 year old is not what you want to hear all of the albums were cheap imports from portugal Mm. more often than not had two side ones or two side twos rather than side one and two probably worth a fortune now yeah anyway one job we hated as the records were out live we had to pass them through the shrink wrap machine sealing the album sleeve in the clear plastic wrapper like cling film he had to place the album on one end of a conveyor loosely seal the plastic round the sleeve by pulling down a bar then send it through the sh- machine which used heat to shrink it to a tight fit ready for the racks it's like the last week we were talking about you did it with crisp packets can't you in the group? Mm. yes we were So every week or so, there was a huge delivery and we had to spend hours shrink-wrapping all the albums. This tedious task saved especially for our Saturday staff. Tedious, that is, until my mate and co-worker Rupert discovered if you held the actual record in the shrink-wrap machine for a minute or two, the vinyl itself went soft. (laughs) This was 1976. Punk was on the march and Rupert and I were proto-punks. Each week, we turned up a little more punk than the previous, with piercings, shaved hair, and t-shirts more ripped. In our tiny world, any piece of music longer than two minutes or more than three chords was to be despised. ABBA's new album, Arrival, has released, and we got a huge delivery of hundreds of them. And we hatched a plan to show our contempt for The Boss, for ABBA, and for Shrink Wrapping. They shrink it? Did they shrink it? We held every other piece of vinyl in the machine until it was soft and then bit it, <laughs> leaving a full set of teeth marks. <laughs> replaced it in the sleeve, properly shrink no, it. No, well, that's it wrong. The racks.
1: No, I mean, you know, all... Wrecked.
0: Needless to say. No. Next Saturday... Father and son went completely—and yeah. I mean completely—bananas. Yeah, they right. yelled at us for a good ten minutes, demanding to know if it was us. And terrified as we were, we denied it. The son then pulled out a lump of dental wax to take our dental impressions oh, and them to the, the white marks in the returned records from my rate customers. We refused, and to our surprise, kept our jobs. I feel rather ashamed of myself thinking back. Quite, right. I quite like ABBA. That's Clyde. Yeah, I
1: know. Well, it's, it's, it's a tremendous bit of fun, and I do recall those stores that used to be downstairs. Well,
0: I, I, I can tell you. Do, do you want to know the name of it? No, no, no no, no, no,
1: no. no, no. I don't no, know. No, 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 no. I mean, Virgin used to be opposite them. Always, oh, yeah, I was going to say.
0: Virgin, not as big Virgin as well. used to
1: be opposite them, and they used to be above a shoe shop in, in London's Oxford Street. There used to be Shelley's shoes, and you go to the back, and there was a cardboard. Uh, This is about 73, 74. There'll be a cardboard sign saying Virgin Records with an arrow upstairs. You pull aside this curtain, you walk up these threadbare stairs, and there was a room above it. Uh, with Vir- that, was Virgin Records upstairs there, and it was in exactly the same place where the megastore later. I'm sure Richard Branson did it on purpose, bought the entire block and turned it into a megastore. But it used to be upstairs there, and they had bootlegs on the wall. I did a thing with Richard Branson once, and I said, I bought so many bootlegs. He said, We never, no, we-, we never ever sold illegal bootlegs. <laughs> Richard, Richard, you're talking to me now. I think you personally sold me Deep Purple's H bomb, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, that would have been opposite then. But, uh, and I promise we'll move on to other things. That, that, that's a lot of fun, that job, by the sound of it. And, the, yeah. and qualifying it because it was supposed to be the dullest job. Let me bring you Angie. Angela here gets in touch. Uh, whenever we watch programs indoors like Inside the Factory, there's always a monotonous process that requires no brain power. And my husband usually says, can you imagine doing that all day? And I have to give him a look, which, which he always says, oh, yes, of course you did. <laughs> After leaving school, I did a YTS for a year on £18.25 a week, then worked in a newsagent from where I got a job in a meat packing factory that oh. produced bacon and ham for the major supermarkets. For the first day, starters were put on the conveyor belt, straightening the bacon. Yes, you heard me, bacon straightening. The person on the slicing top job would put a side of bacon in the machine with a huge blade going at 500 RPM and it would cut and drop onto a conveyor belt which would then pause, then move, then pause, then move and just make it go like shingles, like roof tiles hanging over each other. If the bacon was frozen, then straightening wasn't needed. But if it had softened a bit, you had to be on your game. However, on the dial scale it's between one and two. You kept your fingers together, straightened it as if you straightened them as if you were going to clap, and then put your hands and patted the neat stack. I should add my brain was kept in my locker for the eight-hour shift. Thankfully, one day I progressed uh, from straightening, but I'm sure there were people who had done that for 10 years. I did work there for 10 years, doing every job on the bacon lines, on the gammons and the hams, and eventually <laughs> escaped to go to work in a museum. Then I became a pub licensee, and now I'm the ticketing manager at Sharks. But those bacon days still make me shudder. I hope that's dull enough for you. Thank you, Angela. How about that? A good straight- career, Angela. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh, perhaps uh, 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 when we uh, were talking just before we come on, because we do thorough tests on this programme. Uh, on, the, on most of the shows I've done and, and the, these will return when things when the lights go out on again all over the world uh, for instance we used to do the Dying Toys uh, people who know the Saturday show knows uh, probably the other than the sausage sandwich go, uh, game the uh, most popular item was have you got a toy where well, the batteries are running out and uh, we'll get all those back together again but Pep still has uh, an eye that never sleeps and more importantly an ear that never sleeps and uh, well uh, tell us the story of this Peps, what was it?
0: So, my friend Mark um, mm. uh, put on Facebook yesterday that they were having to call an emergency electrician around because they were having issues uh, with their extractor in their bathroom. Um, mm. So, let's uh, now... In full this, majesty.
1: This is, uh, uh, before it comes out, I'll have to send the link and we'll put it on another show because it was so clunky getting it up on the screen. But I enjoyed every single moment of it coming up on the screen. And yes. it it's it an, an it's an extractor, is it? Everybody? Yes, it's a it,
0: bathroom extractor.
1: Whatever you're doing, if you're driving, pull over to the side of the road. If you're uh, you know, working, knocking around, clearing up indoors. Just take a second here because now... This is why we stand head and shoulders above, I'm saying, all other podcasts. Because here comes uh, Pepsi's friend's extractor. When you go in the bathroom and turn on the light, you are greeted with this soothing noise. Off you go, Pep's. Now, did you see, and isn't that a thing of beauty and a joy forever? I'll be absolutely honest with you, I couldn't hear it at my end, Peps. I couldn't oh, hear I it. Do. No, no, but the echo of when I heard it earlier on will live with me forever. And uh, you know what? Should we ever run out of things to say, audience roll eyes, uh, I think that sound effect alongside a <laughs> foghorn and various other things is exactly what we should be in the
0: market for. It does actually sound like Charlie Brown's teacher. On the phone, that is cartoon phone
1: is actually what it is. And the terrible thing is, you know, I'm not suggesting there's anything to be ashamed of by tiptoeing off to the bathroom uh, during a little gathering. But some people are a bit sensitive about it. And you might think, perhaps they'll think I've gone to get something or, you know, to to look out the window or even for a walk. But as soon, it's bad enough, the toilet flush. But as soon as that comes on, everyone looks at each other and goes, yeah, gone to the Uh, (laughs) Kazi. But that now becomes number one in our sound effects Uh, library. If you want to send anything to uh, the treehouse at something a little soundbite of something. We do enjoy uh, the sounds of the real world. Uh, just before we take a break, this is from Gary. Uh, he's, this is the world's longest DIY job. He sent these photographs in, uh, which we can put on the Instagram. I had the pleasure of modernizing the garden. I boasted I would do it. I started this on the 20th of April, 2018. As you can see by the attached photos, It's still some way from being finished, as I write this on the 4th of June, 2020, it is nowhere near finished. (laughs) He's got got bits of decking here, and he's got holes dug there, and he's got some turf to lay there. It is, but as far as we know, that two-year stretch, two years, two months, Britain's longest uh, unfinished DIY. But he adds a PS. You might like to know this. As a kid in primary school, I had a couple of days off to go to London, 73, 74, I went with my mum. When I got back, my friends asked me what I'd got up to in London. I don't know why, but I told them I went to see Top of the Pops being made. I said the Wombles were on, but one of them got ill, and I had to get in the suit and help finish the recording. Well, as it happens, the Wombles were on Top of the Pops that week. I reigned supreme for a while. (laughs) That's me, me, that one there. (laughs) And it's actually Christmas. amazing. (laughs) Yeah, that's a lovely story. Right, we'll take a break, and, and when we return, more of the hoopla.
0: Imagine a world, a world just like our own, but importantly, not our own. Is it the alternate dimension, or are we? And does it have podcasts?
2: The Last Post.
0: Hi, I'm Alice Fraser, bringing you daily news from a parallel universe, it's a sweet, sweet dose of satirical news coverage, some of which will sound pretty familiar. He defended him, saying he broke the lockdown rules on a father's instinct. And I just think if Boris had shielded his as much as he's shielding Cummings, he might actually be in a position to give parenting tips. And some of it is just pretty weird.
1: Air in space is becoming much clearer, Alice. And it's quite shocking because there is no air in space. It's empty
0: space. So join me every single day alongside great comedians from around the world, including Andy Zaltzman, Nish Kumar, Tiff Stevenson, and Will Anderson. Good luck to you.
2: Good morning, everybody.
1: It's the Danny Baker Show. Radiating out across the airwaves. Come the sunshine or the rain. Come aboard the Danny Train. We'll kick our slippers off and throw
0: our cares away. What
1: better thing to do than have a jolly jay or two? Don't touch that dial, there's nowhere else to go. Come and join a happy session. Wave ta-ta to the recession on the
2: Danny Baker Show. Take it away, Danny. <laughs>
1: that's very soothing i know uh, some people uh, a groundswell of the audience might be saying oh we're not gonna have to put up with that every five minutes so be, yes you're gonna have to put up with that every five minutes so i'm gonna put an instruction over to phil wilding who's producing <laughs> no matter where we are play that in every five minutes but it's up to the audience to come up with better effects th- than that by the way so welcome back to the uh, show and if, if you're wondering what's what's the focus of this program it has it has no focus we are the uh stupid shallow cousin of dark edgy box sets and and that's how it works over here So uh, now a few weeks back it seems like a thousand years ago uh, we did the very last ever don't run, we did the very last ever uh, vinyl golden shot from this room I broadcast from which is my record room. And, uh, there's 11,000 albums and, and 6,000 singles in front of me. And it baffles the sound nicely. And we had this game. Perhaps you remember this game, don't you? Uh, we oh, had what game. did we call it? Uh, the, 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 it never really got a proper name, but it's, is the vinyl golden shot. And what I did, I said, I'll stick my finger out and then somebody can come and join us and guide my finger by saying left a bit, up a bit, down a bit, over a bit. And they get to pick two albums blindly and one single. And then we add up the value of them. And, uh, Uh, And that's a little game. However, it is so hard with headphones on in a room, which I've put this, what we might call a studio, and boxes and a desk and everything else amongst the records. And I nearly died on the air. Mm -hmm. Laughing down asleep, you saw. uh, 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 That's when we started putting the uh, disclaimer on it. Uh, was, well, I had to sign the new contract that said uh, guaranteed satisfaction or the autopsy is free. Uh, so, um, uh, but here I am. It was
0: Hannah who broke us, wasn't it? Dear Hannah. It was,
1: yeah. Uh, and, and, the, and anyway, the point is, uh, there's been something of an online petition to get it back. Now, whether people just want to hear me struggling again, uh, I don't know. But we're going to now welcome our friend Steve. Steve. You are Hello, a- yes. Hello, Hi, Steve. Danny. I'm Thank here. Thank you for being there, Steve. You are a test monkey for this because <laughs> I, um, I, I, depending how this goes, depending how this goes, is whether we do it again. Uh, and you know, maybe I'll do one of those Twitter polls. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm taking all the energy out of it anyway. I know. <laughs> here, here's how it uh, in, uh, We've done seven of these. Dave is in seventh place. He only picked up fifty-seven pounds with of vinyl. Uh, the Great Danny Kelly uh, uh, is in sixth place. at seventy quid. Uh, Sam, uh, one hundred and forty-five. Hannah, one hundred and ninety pound in three uh, picks. Uh, Peter, three hundred and ten. Then Anne three thirty, and Christine is at number one with three hundred and thirty-five pound done from uh, uh, from. Mm. Um, a couple of things I need to ask you um, before we uh, before we start uh, what do you stand on um, uh, Victory v Lozenges or, or Fisherman's Friends? What do you what do you think about those, Steve? I prefer Marmite actually <laughs> to be honest
0: the it, 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 it's, it, it,
1: they're the most revolting things aren't they they're like, they're, they're like a, a tombstone with vixen haloport all over it and to somehow slather yourself around that uh, and, and, and uh, polo mint you like a polo mint though don't you Oh, polo mints, yeah, yeah, yeah! Excellent polo mints, fruit, fruit polos, actually. No, well, oh, we won't fall out over that. But the great thing about polo <laughs> is, is they have the word polo uh, embossed on them twice. Oh, it's very tough. <laughs> the if they were just, if they were, ju- if they were just smooth, no, I'm not saying. But the fact they've got polo and polo, uh, the the only other thing I think that does that, Steve, and we'll get onto the game in a second, is a uh, your Kit Kat, which when it had the uh, foil on it. You could rub and the, the kit, oh, kit would come yeah. through. You'd rub, the, yeah, you'd rub yeah, yeah. In the packaging. No, of course you can't do that now. because It's in some kind of a safety packet. But rubbing that and, and then and running your tongue around the words polo. If anyone knows, I'm not including soaps here. Uh, any other embossed uh, sweets? We would love to hear from you. Uh, and one last thing, because uh, it's Benjamin Franklin's the, the day he flew his kite into the storm, Steve. Uh, uh, lightning <laughs> I'm, terri- I'm, I'm terrified of lightning uh, you know he did that by the way but everyone knows that about him uh, lightning uh, uh, you hmm. like a storm or are you terrified of them no I don't
2: mind but my wife is uh, scared witless out with, with storms yeah but I don't mind yeah.
1: You know, my yeah, right? yeah, I'm fine. I, I, holiday, I holiday in Florida, the lightning capital of the world. <laughs> I genuinely, I, honestly, I, I can't. I have to pull the curtains and stare. no, what do I do? Well, we, Pepsi, people always say this. Sorry, Steve, we'll get right to the game. People always say this, Pepsi. The reason is they it can kill you. <laughs> it's not <laughs> like, it's like <laughs> irrational, it's not like oh, I, I don't like stairs, it they can kill you. Lightning kills and. It, then the thunder No, I can't bear lightning. My nan, get it from. She used to hide all the knives and forks in storms. She thought it attracted lightning. So, Steve, uh, where do your musical tastes lie? What do you think? What would, what would, what, 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 what where is your music? Me, well, hmm. I like Beach
2: Beach Boys, Brian Wilson. I'm a big fan well, of then. Beach Boys and yeah. Brian Wilson. I, I love, I love, I I know lots about them. I just love Good them. i have been back to the start.
1: Um, and isn't it, isn't it, isn't, it, isn't it tremendous by the way uh, that um, uh, the what was the lost period of the Beach Boys 68 to 72 is now recognised as an absolute uh, absolute uh, apex all those albums like Sunflower 2020 of uh, called Holland and all, and all of those even Smiley's yeah. now because they were for ages everyone said they've lost it the Beach Boys have gone but they're tremendous I think even Carl and the Passions side two of Carl and the oh. Passions wow Anyway, uh, sorry. But... No, they're all good. No, 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 they're,
2: they're absolutely. I totally agree. I'm, I'm, I'm mad on it all. But sparked as well because in '73, when I was at school, yeah, some, uh, some bloke played that over the a uh, trip we were up to the Imperial War Museum, and uh, the coach driver played uh, uh, this town over, there, and I thought it's oh, unbelievable. <laughs> coach yeah. driver did
1: that. Wow.
2: Yeah, uh, and no, that... he did, and. Every, everyone, all my mates said, oh, that's rubbish. And I thought, wow, I've got to get into this. Yeah. And I've been a Spark, Sparks fan ever since.
1: And a and terrific gentleman, and of course, still very much, very, very active. It was uh, Benjamin Franklin who first collected Sparks. I'm just free-forming here. He flew his kite with a key on it. We were talking about this in the first half of the show. The other audience have <laughs> already heard this, but Steve and I are just talking now. He flew a kite with a key on it. And from the key, he collected sparks in a jar. <laughs> <Some> <laughs> I'm sure they've made a jokes. song about it. I, 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 <laughs> they, they must have done. Uh, <laughs> the last thing, um, I, I had a very abrasive friend, uh, no-nonsense friend when I worked at the nme uh, named Monty, and uh, we went to the top of the Pops one, and I like sparks, but uh, during rehearsal, everyone was standing around, and he looked at um, uh, uh, Russell. Russell uh, Russell's the, uh, the short-moustache one. I always get them mixed up. Uh, no, 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 that's Ron. That's Ron. No, yeah, wrong. yeah. No, but if you look on the earlier albums, they both had a moustache. Oh, I will to be <laughs> like that. Uh, of course it's Ron. <laughs> so he said, Ron was in his full pomp, and he's got the early sparks look, and he was standing there with his arms folded. And Moment Monty looked at him, and Ron looked at Monty, uh, and, and Ron thought, I don't like the way this fellow's looking at me, but we we're all watching some uh, other band rehearse. And Ron Male said to my friend Monty, You had a you you taking a good look, pal? You okay, pal? And Monty just went to him. Monty went to him. How old are you? (laughs) 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 <laughs> 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 and all of a sudden poor old Ron thought hey look I'm in show I dress like this he just went how old are you he, he also asked the same question to Robert Smith once as well look we're getting nowhere here you understand how this uh, game might be played uh, here Steve I'm going to uh, uh, I made a mistake last time of carrying the microphone with us if suddenly I, <laughs> okay. I, if I've become difficult to hear it's a bonus so what I'm going to do I'm gonna this you're going to pick two albums blindly here uh, and, I'll, and the spark Albums are actually behind me, so we'll do that in a second. Ooh. I'm pointing at the albums, they're not worth very much money. Well, no, the first one is when they were called Half Nelson. If you get the spark, yeah, up, yeah, half Nelson. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm pointing here uh, vaguely at the Moby Grape albums. I don't know if you know Moby Grape, um, yes, I've heard of them. Yeah, do you know why they're yes. called Moby Grape? Why were Moby no. Grape uh, 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 at school? Uh, the uh, Skip Spence, I think, when it was at school and one of the other band uh, uh, their favorite joke. Was um, what's huge and purple and lives in the sea, Moby Grape, and that was their favourite joke, and that's why the band are called Moby <laughs> Grape. Anyway, we're getting absolutely nowhere here. Uh, that's absolutely true. Uh, so here we go. Sparks used to be called Half Nelson. So uh, yeah, right. I uh, So I'm pointing straight ahead. You guide me. You can take as long as you like. It's a podcast. You know, we've Re- got the, uh, the Really. Is- Oh, absolutely! So uh, I'm <laughs> pointing straight ahead. You can say up, down, left, right, and I'll see what album you choose. Off you go.
2: Thank you, and, but you've reminded me with the golden shot anyway that uh, about that Guzzle Grub. But maybe you got a story about that another day. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, you maybe tell us it straight afterwards. Here we go. No. Uh, okay, let's go up a bit. Okay. Stop. People, Stop. All yep. Left. Right.
2: Stop. Yep. Down, top. Right,
1: fire. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Very decisive. Yeah, very, I like that. And it's, it's an album by a group that sprang from Yes. Uh, Peter Banks went and formed a group called Flash. Uh, their albums are on Sovereign, and this is the second Flash album called Out of Our Hands. It's a prog rock album from, I think, 72. Uh, you don't see it a lot. I'm saying that's in mint condition as well. I'm saying that's, 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 that, that's on a good day, on a good day, for. Uh, and I'm going to give you 75 quid for that. And it's not a bad start, <laughs> 75 pounds. Really? OK. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, I mean, people might say oh, pick it up to 30. That's a mint condition copy of Flash's album. Now I'm turning round. Now, now I'm turning around, okay. uh, yeah. uh, off you go. Can I go there? Da- can I go downwards? Yeah. Yeah, okay, down. Stop. Yep.
2: Left. Right. Left. Yeah. Left.
1: Yeah. Up. Yeah. Up.
2: Stop. Fire.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, no. no. No, You Another, if you'd have carried on going left, you'd have hit sparks, but I'm afraid. <laughs> great, <laughs> album, it is, no, great album, though, it is. It's Paul Simon's There Goes Rhyming Simon. Uh, a, a, a wonderful album. Possibly his masterpiece, but I'm even in mint condition. You're only getting 20, you're only getting 20 quid for that. Um, so you're up to nine. Uh... album. Oh, no, no great album. Um, what were you near? Hang on. Uh... If you'd have gone left-left a little bit, you'd have hit the Stooges albums and the Stooges albums. Oh, blimey. The British cop is three four pounds a pop. No. You didn't. You didn't. No. Right. The singles now, and then we're done. Uh, Point you straight at the singles. There's some money in here, so uh, off you go.
2: No, sorry, you just reminded me of Saturday of the Century. This is what you would have won. Um,
1: this is what no,
0: yeah, anyway. Is that <laughs> yeah, a decent this, single, you might? <laughs> let's take the one.
1: Three, two, one, wasn't it? be uh, was <laughs> Take okay. your pick, take your pick, did that, always. Come and let's go and see what you would have won. When they used to take the 25 quid, because they'd never seen so much money in 1964, <laughs> uh, they took the 25 quid and they missed out on the bubble caravan. Although.
2: Oh, no. Oh, oh, that
1: how old are you, Steve? I'm just a couple of years younger than you. I'm 60. Well, you you, you know take your pick with Michael Miles. Surely you do. Yes. I do. I used to and, watch and, it at my grandmother's. Yeah. And, and the and the yes no interlude with the fellow with the gong. Has there ever been more exciting television? Never mind about this. <laughs> Absolutely tangent. not.
2: Uh, uh, See, I, t- uh, I tell my mother my mother-in-law whenever she says to me, "Do you want some of the radio?" No,
1: so I'll open the box. I'll she doesn't have a clue. Tr- oh, and of course, it, it, the thing is it, Michael Miles will carry on with the other game in a minute. it has been, it's been <laughs> thrown in <the> sharp <laughs> relief by this. And he used yeah, to well. stand near Michael Miles and it's, they would win the key to whatever box they wanted to say, Yeah, I want to open box 13. That was the big one, wasn't it? With the question marks all over it. Yeah. And he would say, yeah. Right, you've got the key to box, box 13. Can I buy it off you? No, you can't. How about if I offer you £10? Put £10 in his hands. I'm offering you £15. He'd fan the app. But oh, I'm on this. Fifteen, sixty-four. I'm offering you five, ten. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And they turn it down, and then they'd say, so "You're turning down twenty-five pounds to open box thirteen. Now, Let's go and see what's in it. Walk across the studio, put the key into box thirteen. They'd open it, and it'd be a booby prize. He'd say, yeah. "Oh." on an old sock for when you put your foot in it. Oh well, you've been a great sport and off they'd go. Right, I'm pointing at the singles now. Um, uh, <laughs> okay, there you
2: go. Go on. Singles, all right. I'm hoping for green vinyl, John and Yoko. Happy Christmas. No, it's, I thought that. I oh, thought that as a kid. It's, Is no, it? It's in here. Yep, yep. Say if okay, right, right. We're gonna.
1: If got that now. No one would believe it. Go on. <laughs>
2: we're gonna go right now.
1: Right. right. Stop. Yep. Stop. Ah. Yep. Stop. Right.
2: Yep. Stop! Up! Stop! Fire!
1: <laughs> Ooh, that's good. That's good. Okay. Oh, 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 hang on, that's good. Happy Christmas, oh, no, war is no. over. Oh, no, it isn't. <laughs> oh. No, you were you were about three inches away from the bowies, but you were in the T Rexes and some of the T Rexes go not this particular one, I'm oh. afraid. It's T Rex's nineteen seventy three minor hit truck on tyke. Oh oh you want an old sock for when you put your foot in it. <laughs> yeah. Telephone. Well I recall that one anyway. That's
2: a nice thing to
1: I recall. Yeah, that. yeah, it's it's not truck a bad Tyke, yeah. Yeah, it's not a bad of but if you'd have gone a little bit further across and you're the Tyrannosaurus Rex singles, then we're talking a couple of 300. But uh, anyway, you've got, you've got there. Uh, I think I gave you a tenner on that, 75, 80, 95. Two and six, three. yeah, two Nine, and five. six. Put you, put you in fifth place. Uh, so thank oh. you very much indeed, Steve. Uh, I'm no. the, uh, uh, and, and you know, half Nelson and Sparks and Moby Greep. At least we bonded over that. <laughs> 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 Thank you for being with Thank us. Thank you very much. Thank See you for, uh, uh, nice uh, to speak to uh, you. you. Thank you. Bless you. Bye bye. Here's uh, the thing, Peps. Um, uh, that was a painless version of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not for the audience, maybe, but for me, it was. <laughs> uh, that was a pretty painless version of it.
0: He was very decisive. That's the that's the style we want. Up, <laughs> left, down, fire. And also, Perfect. he seemed
1: to he seemed to enjoy the game, which is not always the way. Which is not always the way. So, if ever you get in touch with us, uh, uh, and my Twitter feed, of course, is Prognose on, uh, on Twitter. And I often put up the details of the show, and Phil always has to say leave a phone number because there's ne- after I put the subjects out, there's never enough room to say leave a phone number. You, you, we'll ring you up, and if you've got, you know, if you're doing absolutely nothing, <laughs> then uh, either your uh, emails or the, the game, which will continue now for a bit. I've got a new game bubbling. Ooh. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, it's based on battleships. That uh, the audience will roar again.
0: Give us something from over there, Peps. This is from David Shand. This is things you've broken in shops. I grew up in Bermondsey in the 70s and before the Surrey Keys development, if there was serious shopping to be done, mum would drag me on the 47 bus for the shopping centre at Lewisham. I didn't mind if I could convince her to take me into Beattie's toy and model shop, Mm -hmm. but it didn't take long for me to become bored in Littlewoods or BHS. On one such trip in the run up to Christmas when I was around seven, we took ages. We trudged from one shop to the next and by the time we reached Marks and Spencers, I was thoroughly fed up. At the time, they used to have large, flat waist height displays with shirts tightly stacked in that you would comb through for your size and colour. Around the edge, the shirts were contained by metal grill pieces. To amuse myself, I was fiddling with these while mum looked for a shirt. And then, come on, David, let's look at jeans. But mum, but mum, don't butt me. Come on. Mum, I can't. Don't be daft. That's enough. And with that, mum grabbed my hand and yanked me from the display. What she didn't know was the reason. You see, I knew I couldn't move. I knew this because I had taken the drawstrings from my coat and tied them in a knot around the metal grill. (laughs) A knot that I now could not undo. Sure enough, as mum dragged me away, the entire metal grill piece came with me and like a rumbling avalanche, the shirts started to shift. What started as a few became a torrent as a wall of 50 M&S shirts cascaded over the floor. The look on my mum's face was priceless. She was actually trying to move in several directions at once. (laughs) Unsure of what to do. Untie the knot, pick up the shirts, run or give me a clip around the ear. I think she actually managed all four. But I do note on future trips, I had to stand two foot from any displays. The,
1: the, the, the toggles, uh, certainly on an anorak, uh, were tremendous, tremendous fun. Again, before Nintendo, uh, you could you could uh, make them go all the way one way and then the other, and you kind of do an up and down motion with them and tying them to things, sucking on them. Oh, man, even right now, I think I might be much more calm if I had the toggle from an anorak to suck on. Uh, and what he mentioned, there for for people who are not, Particularly, uh, uh, O.F.I. or even interested in that part of London was that parade of shops, and uh, across the, uh, literally across the road from that Marks and Spencers uh, in the late sixties, early seventies, was a shop called the Inn Scene. It was the groovy boutique, easy Marks and Spencers, but the Inn Scene. And I always like to hear of. shops that are the, the, the local either disco or the local good clothes shop in 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 various areas but it was the in scene in Lewisham but for years when I was little I thought it was called the x scene because it was written in that kind of uh, lava lamp writing. the <laughs> end looked just like an x I thought, well, what is an x scene but it's the in scene and the reason I labored this point is because it was on a 47 bus coming from the other direction to our friend by the sound of it the on um, one day in 70 or 71, coming from the other way into Lewisham to buy a shirt at the inn scene that David Bowie was sitting on the 47 and had to get off and run back to where he lived, uh, which is the sort of capford uh, Beckingham district, because into his head came a song. And this is absolutely true. And he was sitting on the bus and there was a woman in front of him. And he just, this is the true history of this song, from nowhere, he thought, it's a God awful small affair and he got off of it uh, and he realised later it was based on the same structure as my way but he was on the 47 bus going into Lewisham to buy a shirt at the X Ix- no. yeah when he, when, he, when he wrote or it came to him Life on Mars and he said he had to run back and thought, is this a song? It's one of those where he thought, is this already a song? I realised it's kind of My Way, but he was on the I bus. Never thought, mm. Yeah, it is. But it, 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 well, it was his revenge because he wrote the lyrics to My Way and they were rejected, weren't they? I don't know if you know that story, but he, he did. Uh, he wrote uh, there was a competition to find the English lyrics to a very famous already song. He penned them and it was rejected uh, and, and the rest, as they say, Paul Anker and all of that. However, on that and just quite handily, uh, John Aldington, the great John Aldington, the musician, gets in touch. When I was still at school, our band were finishing our set at Bromley Library Gardens Free Concert, which is exactly in that area, uh, when the star attraction of the day stormed quickly onto the stage and said, Do any of you, do your band know I'm So Glad by Cream? Do you know it? We nodded and started playing it very badly. He sent us a photo of the Bromley Library Gardens free concert stage on that day. He pointed himself out. He's on the right. And the picture was taken moments before David Bowie ran on and no!
0: asked them. that. Yes. It was
1: in 1969. Four schoolboys playing covers of current tunes at the time. Bowie and some friends ran onto the stage we were finishing and said, uh, could we accompany him if, he knew, if we knew that Cream song? Because he loved it. And we jammed with him. We had a reunion last year, not Bowie, the band that is, 50 years on, and we've all dined out on that story. In fact, I'm still doing it. Thank you very much indeed, John. How about that? Oh, he ran on. Do you know, cream? Uh, they said yes, and they barely knew it. Uh, Saying quick from over there peps and uh, get out of the people's way.
0: This is a, a Hawaiian mystery from Aidy and Brentwood. On a recent show, you mentioned souvenirs from trips. And years ago, I went on a school trip in Scotland and as a souvenir, bought a giant pencil. About a foot long, an inch thick, and a large eraser on the end and completely covered <laughs> in tartan. I love those. <laughs> After some use, I sharpened it with a small pen knife and noticed the tartan pattern was not printed on, but paper cut covered. I started to peel off the paper and saw that underneath it was pale blue. Further peeling revealed bikini-clad ladies and flowers and a beach scene. A bit more and there in red writing, Aloha from Hawaii. No, my souvenir tartan pencil port in Stirling Castle. <laughs> I always now look at souvenir stores around the West End and wonder what's underneath those Charles and Diana mugs or miniature Nelson's <laughs> columns. Well, uh, the, again, in the 70s, if you bought a badge, you could actually peel
1: the badge and there'd be another slogan off this. No. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they're particularly little little tiny ones that are inch wide. You could get the old tooth, bite the edge. I don't know if anyone else possibly remembers this, and you could peel the badge off and there'd be another badge underneath it. re literally. Very last, one here is uh, uh, from uh, our friend Willie. He says uh, I've emailed you because uh, I had someone with the same name once uh, but he's telling us where he uh, have you ever lived out a lyric or a film? He says the first time I ever heard Jerry Rafferty's Baker Street I was in my car in Baker Street. How about that everyone? And that's as good a thing to end on I think. Uh, play the theme tune Phil. One, two, three, four,
0: three. Oh! Come in, let's cozy down Wave goodbye to that silly frown As we chase our cares away In the
1: treehouse
0: The fire's on, it's warm inside
1: We guarantee you'll be satisfied As we laugh the day away Thank you, Wisby, always. uh, I'm indebted, of course, to my co-host on these uh, adventures, Louise Napoleon Pepper, the great-granddaughter of Ho Chi Minh, uh, Phil Wilding, who's uh, been producing it. But as always, and as you can tell, chiefly yourselves. We'll see you next week.
0: Next time on The Treehouse. The first thing that scared you. The first thing you laughed uncontrollably at. The first thing you bought with your own money, the first date you ever went on and the first holiday without your parents.